Mmm, chicken sandwich, my favorite. They keep students nourished, so they're ready to learn. I'm They are there when accidents happen. Oh, you're gonna need a Band-Aid. And they keep our schools beautiful. School ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930%. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, April 7th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories it is. The original light beer. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from one of the voices of the Cincinnati Bengals radio network, Wayne Box Miller. He'll be with us here in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and, of course, the NFL in general. Joe Burrow, is he going to be the savior for the Cincinnati Bengals? Everything points to maybe. We don't know. But the draft is coming up. Going to be a virtual draft. Going to be one of those conference call drafts. And this might actually be interesting because one of the things about the draft, the most aggravating thing about the draft is there's just so much dead time between picks. Sure, I enjoy watching all the War Room stuff just as much as you do. But at the end of the day, get the pick in and give us a few minutes between picks. Force teams to make that pick, make that decision. You've got a trade. You better move quick. You better get on the ball now. You better have an idea of what you want to do. If you're trading up, you better do it quick. I get that, though. You have that time in between, at least first round, a little bit less than the second round to allow that. But with the situation we have here, I think a faster draft. You know what? Let's do it like we would do a fantasy draft. I've heard that said, and I'm kind of okay with that because, look, when I'm doing a fantasy draft for whatever sport I'm participating in, I don't have 15 minutes. Make your pick. Have it ready. And if you've got a well-prepared draft board, guess what? You'll do fine. So the NFL draft should be fun to watch at least. I'm going to be interested in it. We'll have that for you. Complete coverage right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The NFL moving forward, at least right now, with everything they can do without contact. They're still shooting for possible a regular season. It might be, well, during the regular season time. I mean, I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that narrative that football should be fine. Football should be fine. We don't know that just yet. We have no concept of what August is going to look like. Right now, baseball, there are some harebrained ideas out there, and they're trying to think out of the box. They're trying to formulate a way to isolate players, put them in a quarantine situation, let them play baseball. Do we need baseball that bad? Because they're going to isolate these teams and these players and these support staffs. They're going to isolate them. And if that's the only way they're going to get a paycheck, I'm sure most of them are going to say, yeah, I need the paycheck. Let's do this. But is that really a smart thing to do? I want to get your thoughts on Twitter. At Paul Swan is my social handle. At Paul Swan on Twitter. That's where you can find me for today's show. Also, Dana White, he's getting the private island ready as we speak. That's right. Securing a private island. So, 
the Ultimate Fighting Championship can hold a bout, hold a pay-per-view. And I think there's some false thinking here. For the first thing is I'm not going to subscribe to the pay-per-view. I don't care if it's the only sports going on right now. I'm not subscribing to the pay-per-view. I subscribe to boxing and fight pay-per-views when it's major, major, major bouts. Not major bouts. Major, major, major bouts. I want to see the very best fight. If I'm going to even do that, I'm going to subscribe to a pay-per-view so I can see some mid-carters go at it. No offense, but if I'm dropping pay-per-view level money, I want a very good fight. And here's the other thing is I can't really guarantee that I'm going to get a full fight. That's the one thing about a wrestling pay-per-view, or at least it used to be when you were watching the WWE before you got the streaming app, was the pure fact that you got three or four hours mostly of solid entertainment. And so Dana's going to get an island so he can bring in international fighters and put this card together and bless you. Just bless you, Dana White. Just bless you. I understand. You got you to gotta be that guy. You got to go out there and, and buck the trend. I get that completely. But it's not going to overwhelm us with joy. You're either subscribing or you're not. You're either going to buy that pay-per-view or you're not, and let's be honest, right now, unless you just have to have that fight, you just have to have that night of boxing or cage fighting or MMA, whatever you want to call it, you got to have that night. A lot of people right now are kind of counting their, their dollars and their cents and they're saving up, trying to weather a storm here. A lot of people are unfortunately either unemployed, furloughed, laid off, decreased salary, and the list goes on and on. Now, if you threw that on ESPN, here's the thing. You, you have this. You throw this party on this island. And I'm sorry. I think that's ludicrous, but at the same time, it's brilliant. It's ludicrous, but brilliant. You throw this island party with this card, and you throw this thing on ESPN, not ESPN+. Plus. Not ESPN2, ESPN. Just drop this on ESPN and let's have this for free where we all can watch. Then I'm in to a degree. I'm in to a degree. But I'm not paying for this. I'm not dropping whatever the going rate for a fight is. I'm not dropping that. Sure, I'd be entertained by it, but I'm not dropping that. Throw it on ESPN. Then you got something here. And do I really want to watch baseball in an empty stadium? Do I really want to watch which would amount to a scrimmage or just a a pickup game? Do I really want to watch that? And Major League Baseball, if they get to that point where they're really thinking about ideas and they're trying to figure out how they put this together, how do they have a season, people will watch. That's the thing. People might watch, but at the same time, how can you guarantee 100% the health and safety of everyone involved? That's the question. So we've got so many of these issues still to go over this right now. I'm telling you what, if I got to wait till August or September so I can get my hockey fix, I'm okay. I'm good. I'll be okay. And I think you will be as well.
But at the same time, if they can figure a way to pull this off, I'm sure we'll all be watching. We turn our attention to football. I've got Wayne Box Miller coming up on the other side of the break. We'll talk Bengals football with him when we continue with today's edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. One of the good things about the NFL right now being able to still conduct businesses, we've got football to talk about. And one of the guys that cover the Cincinnati Bengals all year round, you hear his voice every Sunday on the Cincinnati Bengals radio network, is Wayne Box Miller. And he joins us now on the program. Wayne, good talking to you again. I'm excited hey, to brother, talk NFL you? with you. We're doing good. Everything's good here. Hey, man, I want to make sure I, I send my prayers out to everybody, man, with everything that's going on. Just stay indoors as much as possible and try to get through this. I am washing my hands and avoiding people like like pos- every second I can. Uh, it's a it's a yeah. ghost town here at the radio station right now, so we're doing our very best. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. The good news, I guess, about the NFL is uh, we still have it to some degree because most of this is done over the phone. You don't actually have to be face-to-face to take care of most of this business right now with free agency, with transactions. The draft is going all virtual. So I guess the good news is NFL, we're still not at that point yet where we really have to make some hard decisions about if we're going to have a football season or not. Yeah, you know, the the conundrum for everybody is, you know, where where does this end? And then I always tell people it's one thing to talk about when it ends. The bigger question to me is when it ends, how long will it take to start back up? And you can only do so much in the down period because you can't press buttons or hit go or do things like that until you have a definitive end date and or start date. But I think the NFL uh, as an entity has done a great job of keeping us all interested. Uh, Free agency is still active. Um, The activity is going on. And you would assume, again, we don't know, but you would assume that when football season kind of rolls around, and I'm saying football season as defined around August or so, uh, that you may have a clearer picture of, you know, whether there will be a season, will it start late, will it start on time. So um, you can see the modification in behavior. We had a meeting today just going through the procedures of doing interviews and and calls via Zoom, um, which is atypical because we'd all typically be down at the stadium. So, Uh, Everybody is modifying what they do, but at least to your point, we're still doing something and we're doing it safely. The Cincinnati Bengals, I know just by getting the emails from the radio network side, everybody's working at home right now, but they've been pretty busy as an organization in the free agency market. And uh, you've been around, you know, Cincinnati Bengals football. Have you ever seen such activity in the free agent market? with the Cincinnati Bengals? Not this quickly. I mean, when you look at how fast they got DJ Reader in and then to come back and get Trey Waynes and, uh, you know, 
uh, Suofilo and then coming back to get Mackenzie Alexander. I mean, you know, people always like to lament, well, the Bengals don't do anything. And I think that they do. They just don't do it to the degree that they did at this time, which was quickly um, and efficiently. And I think it speaks to what Zach Taylor is trying to do in terms of, you know, I've got an idea of what we need to do to uh, dig, dig ourselves out of the doldrums of a bad season and get back to being competitive. I mean, even franchise tagging A.J. Green uh, was something that was a definitive move. Let's get that out of the way. Let's be done with that and then start focusing on building out the rest of this roster for the 2020 season. I think the one thing that's really impressed me as well is how the Bengals have handled their business. And I don't know if it's just now more public, but you take someone like Drake Kirkpatrick, for example, nothing but nice things to say about his time in Cincinnati. He said that the organization actually paid him a a personal phone call, made a personal phone call to him instead of him finding out through an agent or on TV. Is that things that happen and we just now hear about it? Or is that a change in culture with the Bengals or... You tell me. I mean, is is that the norm now, or is that the new norm? Well, no, it's happened before. And, you know, I talked to Dre the, the day it happened, and and he was as gracious as he's always been. He's a class act, and, I, I mean, one of my favorite people in terms of just the way he went about his business and will continue to go about his business. But it's a culture. I mean, Marvin Lewis did those kind of things, and um, there's an intent. I think, unfortunately, the front office gets a bad rap for a lot of things. But, you know, one of the things that we know about Mike Brown and the Bengal organization is sometimes people say they're loyal to a fault. Well, if you're loyal to a fault, that means that you're loyal to that person. So I don't see that as a bad thing. But I think that to your point, with social media and everything being so out front with everything, um, that it may appear that this is something new, but the Bengals have always tried to do things the right way. Wayne Box Miller is joining us from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. And as far as the free agency is concerned, have you been pretty happy, pretty excited, pretty impressed with the the acquisitions? Do you feel this is going to be potentially a better football team through free agency alone before we even get to the draft? Well, I, I think it is. I think one of the things that people never think about with free agency that is a value add is when you start signing players and releasing players, it wakes up other players, right? So if you're if you're a current Bengal player right now, I think that your tentacles are very active and saying, "Wait a minute, you know, am am I next, or or who's who's coming in? Who's going to challenge my job?" I mean. I thought that Drake Kirkpatrick might get another year here. I thought his experience and he was playing well and he got hurt, but I understand the financial side of things. But I think what free agency does and the way the Bengals did it, I think it woke up a lot of players on that roster to say, I better be ready to come and play this year or I could be out of a job. So I think one of the values of free agency is the current roster is on notice. And that's a good thing. Plus, you're about ready to draft, as um, we all think is going to happen, Joe Burrow, (laughs) the number one pick overall. And Joe Burrow is a guy that you want to make sure he's happy. He's going to be the number one pick if if we believe everything we read. And so is this sort of a way to say, look, we're committed to winning football and, and just put it out there and 
making sure that all your draft picks, including your overall number one pick, knows that, okay, I can come into this organization and expect them to be serious about trying to win a Super Bowl, trying to win right away. Well, I, I think regardless of where they would have drafted this year, that's the uh, mantra. I mean, think about it. When you when you finish the way the Bengals finished this year, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You're going to do everything you can to make absolutely sure that you don't repeat that. And so if they were drafting fourth, if they were drafting first, it doesn't matter. The intent is to get better and get better quickly. I think Zach Taylor speaks to that. I think the players to a person are looking forward to uh, what would be called a redemptive year. Um, I, I think that what you have to understand about NFL players, pride, whatever you want to say is, when you have a season like the Bengals had last year, there's an anxiousness to get back on the field to prove that you're better than your record indicated. So whether it's players working out, putting in extra work, whether it's signing free agents quickly, swiftly, uh, whether it's evaluating all your draft picks, uh, one through seven, whether it's, you know, talking to other teams and trying to get a bead on who might be on the fence on another team that could fill a need on this team. There, there's a lot going on, you know, that we don't see and don't hear, but I can assure you that everything is being done to put this team in position to compete week in and week out uh, and erase 2019. Wayne Box Miller, my guest from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. I think the biggest question for me and for a lot of people is, what do you do with Andy Dalton? What happens to him? Is he released? Does he stay as a backup? Does he stay as a mentor? I mean, do you start him and, and work Joe Burrow in? I mean, what do you do in that situation? You know, I think that's a question that everybody is waiting to see the answer to. Um, you know, part of me thinks how valuable would Andy Dalton be to a Joe Burrow? I mean, he's been in the playoffs five straight years before we hit this rough patch. There's a lot of intellectual capital that Andy Dalton can pass on to a Joe Burrow. Uh, in the NFL, I believe, in just my opinion, I think you have to have two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And the reason is because the way the cap is structured and everything else, you typically you'll have a third quarterback, but how good would they really be? And we saw that last year with Finley. Um, but I think that there's a lot of value that Andy Dalton can offer the Cincinnati Bengals and specifically Joe Burrow because if Joe Burrow is the pick, he's coming into a league where things are going to happen faster. Uh, things are going to happen quicker. Things are going to happen that he's never seen before. And to have Andy Dalton uh, watching film with him, breaking down games with him, even being another set of eyes on the sideline, even if it's, only, if it's only for one year, I mean, think about the dividends that that could pay. I think the next question then would be, after the quarterback situation is taken care of, or at least we have some direction there, is, where do the Bengals go next in the draft? Because we've been so laser-focused on that number one overall pick. Will the Bengals trade it? Will somebody come and try to offer a crazy amount of draft picks? We don't know what can happen until draft day. But after that, where do the Bengals go? Or more importantly, where do you think the Bengals need to go? You know, 
every year when I do these interviews, I start laughing when people ask me that question because I'm going to give you the answer that everybody hates. But it's an answer that I truly believe, and that is you look for the best player available. And I know people say, oh, we need another offensive lineman. Oh, you got to get a linebacker. Oh, you need to do this and do that. The reality of the NFL is depth is going to help you win a lot of games. And when you think about a lot of the teams that uh, have injuries, major injuries, and, and they just plug and play, uh, it's because they have depth at every position. So, yes, you have needs at linebacker or you hope that you've solved the riddle at offensive line. I think Michael Jordan, who's been working out um, just uh, very, very aggressively this offseason, Jonah Williams hopefully comes back completely healthy because, again, he's a first-round pick and an offensive lineman that we didn't even get a chance to see on the field. Uh, Trey Hopkins signed a new deal. He played very well. So you've got some solid parts on the offensive line, but if there's a another offensive lineman available in the second or third round that slipped or you know falls through the cracks, do you get them? Maybe. If there's a, a linebacker out there that you're really high on, I mean, a lot of times when you think about linebackers, a lot of people are thinking about Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Um, if he's available, do you do you use that with a second pick maybe or a third round? But, again, the best player available is going to help this team. And, and I'll, I'll tell you a specific example of what I about depth. When you look at the uh, two years ago, the last year Marvin Lewis was here, and the number of injuries that they had, just one after another, after another, after I think they set a record or number of um, uh, season-ending injuries, and the depth wasn't there. They didn't have enough depth at any position where the injuries happened to sustain them, and I think that uh, was reflected in their record. So I know people hate to hear that, but again, um, whether it's a, a linebacker like Zach Bond or whether it's a wide receiver, a lot of people are high on Denzel Mims out of Baylor because at the uh, Senior Bowl, he just lit it up. Um, you say, well, why would you take him? And you've got A.J. Green and John Ross and Auden Tate, and uh, you've got uh, Alex Erickson. But again, uh, those are the questions that the front office will assess as they look at building a winning team. But in building a winning team, depth is a part of that. Okay, so if the best player on the board is a kicker, the Bengals should take him. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, if he's Justin Tucker, like you better take it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to help out one of my Marshall players here, uh, Justin Rohrwasser. <laughs> I'm trying to help him out. He's, um, he kicked a 53 yarder to beat Western Kentucky with no time left. He can kick. I'm just, I'm trying to help both my my needs out here. He's, he's, well, good because as, as a Moorhead Eagle, when you beat Western Kentucky from back in my day, that makes me happy. Beating Western Kentucky makes everybody happy. So you're among friends. Trust me. You are among friends on this particular instance. Now, when it comes to basketball, though, we cannot get along because Marshall and Moorhead really love to go after each other. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but it's a tough time, but we'll be back. We'll be better. Wayne Box Miller joining us from the Cincinnati Bengals radio network. And with the draft being held virtually this year, and you mentioned earlier with the teleconferencing and the way that business is being handled, 
Just what's your early impressions? Could this be something really unique and fun compared to the festival carnival atmosphere that the draft has become? I mean, this is going to be a TV event. It, it's going to be interesting uh, in terms of how the NFL would market this. And I mean, let's be honest. The NFL is a marketing machine. I mean, if there's a way to leverage this, they're certainly going to do it. But, you know, after what happened in Nashville last year, the pageantry, the attendance, uh, the excitement and energy, I'm sure the NFL is looking forward to the next draft of getting back to doing that. But that being said, I can imagine the NFL doing something online to drive web traffic to the NFL.com's website. Because again, when you start talking about page views and site visits and recurring visitors and click throughs and all those kinds of things, there are a lot of advertising dollars to be had by using that platform. So I think the NFL and their robust marketing um, department will come up with some very creative ways to drive a lot of traffic that way. I think their bigger concern is having the capacity to handle the traffic that's going to come that way draft night. Come on, this is the NFL. They have the biggest of everything, right? Everything yeah. is yeah. bigger. Wayne Box Miller joining us from the Cincinnati Bengals radio network. Have you bought into any of the maybe the paranoia, the fear that, okay, this is going to be a completely online digital experience and Coaches maybe not as okay with this because maybe somebody's going to find out that they're looking at this particular player or something's going to be stolen because their conference center got hacked. All of that, yeah, I've heard over the last couple of days about that. Um, have the Bengals had any of those conversations that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, and I, you know, that happens every year when people think, okay, somebody's tapping into the phones and. Somebody's intercepting signals and things of that nature and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. So I'm not worried about that. I think that there's always that uh, conspiracy theory that people are tapping into your phones and people have got bugs in the uh, venue. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to draft who you draft. And um, let's just say that somebody wanted a player you can eavesdrop all you want, but if a team before you wants that player too, I can tell you who's going to get him. Wade Box Miller is our guest from the Cincinnati Bengals radio network. So the draft coming up soon, the war room is going to be completely different. Um, what do you know of the war room plans? How will the Bengals handle draft day with all of the requirements and the social distancing and everything else that uh, we're all trying to practice right now? You know, I don't have the intel to share. Um, again, I know today that uh, was our first day of running through a mock um, media interview in terms of with uh, the whole group uh, in anticipation of players getting drafted, uh, coaches coming into the fray, how we would approach it, protocol, procedure. So, uh, the organization is working diligently on preparing um, and tweaking a lot of the things that are going to happen draft date. And, and like I said, for us today, I think it was good for us as well because we want to understand how this is going to work from our perspective. Again, you've got 40, 50, 60 people 
that may want to get in on a call with Zach Taylor, how does that work? How do you, you know, run traffic light and engineer and play uh, cop and keep all that going? One of the things we talked about is that it may require a little bit more time from the coaches uh, because of the uh, the lack of mobility that you have online versus in person. I mean, in person, everybody's right there. You can ask a question or whatever, but with technology and being online, you've got to make an allowance for just uh, the technical interaction that may slow that down just a bit. Wayne Box Miller, my guest from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. And Wayne, before we let you go, anything you'd like to add or anything coming up for you that you want to talk about? No, I, you know, I'm really excited about the draft. I think that anytime you get the first pick in the draft, yeah, you don't like how you got it, right? Because your record dictates you got the first pick, but that, that's, that's behind us. That's in the rear of your mirror. I think you need to just embrace and celebrate the opportunity to take uh, that first selection in the 2020 NFL draft, 2021 NFL draft is where and whoever you take, whether it's Joe Burrow or, or whoever they decide, to make that declaration and that statement that, you know, this is the guy that we think is going to help our franchise above and beyond anybody else on the board. It's exciting to me. And I, I think, you know, you just embrace it and have fun with it. I mean, with everything going on in the world and, and unfortunately people, man, just suffering that it's a moment in time where we can maybe forget about it for a few minutes and just uh, get back to football. I also think it would be unfair of me if I didn't mention the fact that with all this free time on our hands, a lot of people are starting to discover reading again, and you've got a book that I think probably would entertain a lot of people. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, the uh, book, You Wake Up, You Win, and really it's about – developing a winning attitude in the face of adversity. And, and what I did, and, I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that the book is more appropriate now than it, it was when I first did it, but it challenges you to to kind of focus on gratitude every day. And so, you know, what, what the book was designed to do was to get you to start to develop that gratitude muscle, for lack of a better description. And every day, write something you're thankful for. I mean, for me, I try to, I have four to five prompts in my phone that pop up every day where I try to just list five things that I'm grateful for. I mean, it could be talking to you right now. It could be uh, just being blessed to have a meal. It could be the electricity is on and the things that we take for granted. So You Wake Up, You Win is the name of the book. And the whole purpose is just, again, to be focused on gratitude and with Everything that's going on in the world right now, man, I, I got to tell you, you've got to find gratitude at every turn because we got to be one right now. There's no black, white, male, female, short, tall, um, millionaires, you know, dollar heirs. I mean, there's just, we're just one race, the human race, man. And we got to, we got to embrace that when this is all said and done. Well, I'm extremely grateful that you decided to do this again after being on with me several times, knowing what you're getting into. You still decided to do it again. So, <laughs> uh, I'm extremely grateful for it. Thank you. Hey, you're a man. Anytime you call, man, I come running. Wayne Box Miller, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Okay, brother. Thank you, man. God bless everybody. That's Wayne Box Miller from the Bengals Radio Network. And don't forget that book. It's You Wake Up, You Win. It's uh, really inspirational. So uh, I advise everyone, you're looking for something to read, 
add that to your reading list. Uh, we're going to take our next break, come back, and we will continue on with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Tuesday, April 7th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We've also got a new way for you to listen to the program. If you've got an Amazon Echo, all you have to do is enable our skill. I've got it linked on our Facebook page. You can click to that directly, enable the skill, and then all you have to say is, Alexa, open ESPN 94.1, and you can listen to their station anytime, including this show live every day at five weekdays right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So with everything that's still fluid to this day, we're going to have the NFL draft, but we don't know if we're going to have baseball, the resumption of the NBA or the NHL. And in a pretty candid interview today, NBA, I'm sorry, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, he said that, it might not be possible to play the regular season because of the coronavirus. I mean, that's pretty much the first time we've really heard him say that we might not get this season in. Because, honestly, they were thinking they've got players quarantined until at least April 15th. That's what they were looking at, and we're a week away from that. And they hope to have more clarity try to figure out are they going to be able to resume the season or not because there's still several games to be played before you get to the Stanley Cup. About about 11 to 14 games, depending on the team, to get the 82 games in. And they're still shooting for maybe, all right, we might have to do this in summer. If everything works out, if everything is back to some semblance of being normal, we might be able to do this. And again, I'm sure they've got the same questions and same concerns as everybody else. As far as one, is it going to be safe and is it going to be okay, proper for this to happen? Are you going to be able to have the players be safe? And I know some people are wondering, well, how do you keep the players safe? Well, you've heard commissioners, you've heard spokesmen for whatever sporting team, sporting league, always talk about, hey, you know, we get to get the players tested. But where are those tests coming from right now? And that's going to be a logistical problem because if someone who's not a professional athlete is having a hard time getting tested and then professional athletes are having an easy time getting tested, you see the dilemma there? So when's it going to be to the point where testing is more available, people can actually get the test, and we're not sitting in here wondering, okay, why are only certain pockets of the population able to get a test, meaning an athlete? Okay, that, that's just my thought against it. But really, they've got to become almost arbiters of, oh, yeah, who gets in? Because the season's not done. We want to do this. We want to do the Stanley Cup. We want to have the Stanley Cup. And you got teams that are right there on the bubble. My New York Rangers, for example, right there on the bubble. And if you told me that, okay, going to go to the Stanley Cup, we're just going to play it, and the teams that are in, they're in, I'm sitting there going, okay, that's great. I can see some hockey, but at the same time, my team had a shot to get in. 
And so they're going to have to deal with the standings. They're going to have to deal with who gets in. And so the economy is going to be an issue. The fairness is going to be an issue. For me, it's the health issue as well. How do you do this? How do you pull this off? This isn't a strictly North American sports league. You've got the United States and Canada, and you've got several international players. Some are home, some are not. How do you pull this off? So that's where we're at right now. And I'm sure the NBA is sort of in the same boat. And with Major League Baseball, with ideas coming right field and left field, put them in a dome city sort of, just put them in a bubble city, isolate them. I don't know. I don't know. Do we focus more on getting over the health pandemic, the health crisis? Do we focus more on that and then we pick sports back up? Or do we compromise these athletes? Do we compromise ourselves a little bit because we've got this desire and this rush to get sports back? Or is there some middle ground? Because again, sports are live programming. It's something that a large portion of us all enjoy, depending on our favorite sport. And right now, sure, I would love to have baseball going on right now. I'd love to be talking playoffs, NBA, NHL. I'd love to be getting into that. that, that I would like to be talking about right now the national champion. Who won the national championship? And, of course, in my mind, the Kentucky Wildcats, because we carried Kentucky Wildcats over on our sister station, some classic games from them. So in my mind, I'm just going to declare the Kentucky Wildcats the national champions, and I'm just going to... That's just going to live in my head for the rest of my life. That's my headcanon right now. The Kentucky Wildcats are the national champions. And I'm going to declare myself the champion of my fantasy hockey league. And that's just going to be the way it remains. No, I want to be talking about actual games. I want to be talking about what really happened. And we can't do that right now. So we got to stay positive. We've got to hope for the best. We've got to do our part to make sure that we can get past this. And that might mean we're going to have to adjust how we live our lives a little bit, hopefully for the better. Quick timeout. We come back and wrap it up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're going to be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Today was my guest booking. Tomorrow, we're going to find out what my intern slash remote producer, Spencer Dupuis, comes up with. So we'll find out. If I'm going to be here tomorrow, if I don't have a guest, you know where the blame goes on my virtual producer, Spencer Dupuis. I know he's listening, so glad to have him out in the audience listening in. Appreciate him and his work daily to help us out with the show. Don't forget, I'm on Twitter at all times. Well, okay, I'm not there 24 hours, but I will see your your tweets at Paul Swan. You can find me there also. You can find us on Facebook. Just search The Drive with Paul Swan. We've got all kinds of cool things happening. We've got our Alexa app up now, so I'm looking forward for you to tune into that. All you have to do is go to the go to the store, enable the app, and then all you have to say is Alexa, open ESPN 94.1 or Alexa Play ESPN 94.1. Make sure to get that in there. And as soon as you do that, you can listen to the station, and we'll have, hopefully, more fun things for you coming up in the next week or so. 
we got something new for you every day. All you have to do is find us on social media, and that's the best place to keep up with us. We're going to have classic Pirates baseball coming up tomorrow as well. I'll tell you all about that tomorrow on the show. And, of course, I'll post all the details on our social media feed so you can be abreast of all of that. 8 o'clock coming up tomorrow. The Pirates are going to continue to dig out the classic games from their vault, and I think that's pretty cool that they're doing that. UK, they're going to start digging out some games from their classic vault, and we're going to have that on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So that's going to be pretty cool as well. What more do you like? You want some classic NFL games? We might have that for you as well. Whatever you want, let me know. Give me some feedback on that because, honestly, I've got some options for you here. Sure, I'd rather have some real games to talk about, and we're going to hopefully have some here in the near future. I'm hoping. I'm being optimistic, but at least we got the NFL draft to talk about, and that's going to keep us at least entertained and busy for the next couple of weeks as well. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me. I want to thank our guest, Wayne Box Miller, from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. For Wayne, I'm Paul Swan. Once again, you're listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Have a good night, everyone. And don't forget, wash your hands. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.